Welcome to The Lunch Table, where real friends who are real pastors having real conversations you may or may not have said out loud once you've left the lunch table. <laughs> All right, welcome back to The Lunch Table as we are sitting in the... We are live! Cornerstone Lodge once again, not in rocking chairs because we're being recorded and they would get mad at us if we moved them around, I think, too much, but, but um, I'm going to let Nate and Drew introduce you guys, introduce yourself again and tell me when you think you have laughed the hardest this week so far. We've only been here for, what, two days? Yeah, not even a full day yet, barely. So Nate, tell, introduce oh. yourself and tell us when you think you've laughed the hardest so far. So I'm Nate, lead pastor in South Carolina. I love being a part of things like I retreat where we're at. And uh, I probably laughed the hardest. It was probably post 1 a.m. last night or after that, whatever that means. Um, when, I don't know what I'm saying right now. I could correct. <laughs> that was correct. It was definitely after 1 a.m. When one of our buddies from back in the day, he's a lead pastor now, is just like, we're talking about the deepest stuff ever. So typical IA, like, you know, crying, laughing, and then all of a sudden, so you guys familiar with the pump? <laughs> like, in what reference are we talking? He goes, you know, when you're on the toilet and you just can't get the rest out, you gotta pump it out. And it, life changing, and I'm just like dying, rolling. So that was, that was it for me. Yeah. All right. Well, well I have to say, say um, probably, probably the, the, the moments, moments there's, there's I, it's, it's really one, one moment in my mind, but it is it is actually two. Um, on our drive here, um, Nick, from, it was, it was, it was on uh, Matt's team in, in Raleigh, uh, legit uh, saved our lives once. Yes. But in like 12 minutes in our van. I thought I was going to be home with Jesus. So we avoided a head on collision with semi because this man made a split decision like crazy well you know i'm like adrenaline junkie just like yes it was great you're like no everyone's like crying no i i'm just gonna be real because we're on the podcast um <laughs> nick got credit for saving our lives uh, he could have also been the reason why we almost died i'm like he could have hit the brakes and not take that but it was still pretty it was still great. awesome <laughs> I clinched the seat in front of me like that was going to save my life and didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Most people were saying that they were clinched to the seat. Yeah, well, yeah. So, um, my poop was clinched to the seat. I was about to say, we didn't need the pump to, <laughs> to get that. Yeah, it was bad. Um, oh, but the, the other part of that was when um, we pulled up to, to Horton Haven and there's this turtle in the road. Yeah, you heard about that. And the same Nick got out of the van and picked it up and it peed like. Probably, Probably a gallon, gallon of water. It was pee, actually. It was pee water. A gallon of pee. Um, just like it was, I don't, I don't even know. Like that was probably more volume than a turtle could hold. Like I don't know. Like it was pretty intense. It was just hilarious, though. Like I, I died watching that happen. Today is a very special podcast because um, I'm gonna even get choked up because we are doing this with one of one of my best friends, or probably my best friend since seven years old. Um, when I was seven, so Nate, you would have been nine. We pulled into Florida and we pulled up to the uh, Hugh, the uh, uh, Hugh and Karen. <laughs> the 
you have a mansion. <laughs> it was Currents. Wild. Currents? Why is that there? Uh-huh. Yeah, Currents. You ain't Karen Curran. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to trust you, Nate. No, uh, wait, wait for a while. I remember uh, names from 30 years, years ago. I just don't remember names from today. And they had an in-ground pool, and Bob was there. I mean, so we pulled in, and Bob was there. What did I do? No, not you. Just Bob, I mean, shirtless. No matter what. Hey, guys! <laughs> And so, Bob, can you introduce yourself? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about, you know, just who you are and, I don't know, what's just your favorite memory. Can you take your shirt off? Yeah, I was going to say, for those of you, uh, for those of you just listening, I already have my shirt off. <laughs> You're welcome, Instagram. You're welcome. So, my name is Bob. I am the Next Steps and Family Ministry Pastor at Salem Church in Dayton, Ohio. I've been there about four years I uh, connected with IA a long time ago and then stopped participating in stuff and then got re-engaged, which really saved uh, my ministry. Uh, and so I love it here. I equally um, share the laughter of last night oh, or in yeah. this morning, yes. well into this <laughs> yeah. morning. I think we finally made it to sleep at 2.30. And um, yeah, I don't know if I could pinpoint one specific moment, but somewhere between, um, you know, the feces conversation <laughs> and and uh, the conversation about nudity in general, uh, just really, really uh, made me laugh. Are listening like this is a ministry the, podcast, no, right? like, <laughs> and we go to I retreat. Why? No, I'll say this because I retreat is like my summer camp. Like, like, it's, it's like, like one of the safest places in the world for me to come, and I can make all the jokes I wanted to make, but I'm worried about getting fired back home. No. <laughs> well, now they're out there for everyone to hear. So. Yeah, they're out there. Yeah, they're out there. That was awesome. That was 2.30 Tennessee time. Yeah. No, 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 no. We couldn't have been 10.30 hours. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely We went to bed at 2.30 last night. 2.30 our yeah. time. Absolutely. <laughs> and we played two hours of basketball today? Yes. That's, yeah. Yes. We, we still got it. We still got it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Man, I'm, I kind of feel a little left out there because you guys have known Bob so long. Uh, and I've only known Bob for a year. It's, it's yeah. our friend anniversary, man. Oh. It is our friend anniversary. And, uh, and uh, legit, like, I feel like I've known you a lot longer than that. But honestly, I really appreciate you. Like, I feel like, yeah. Look at I Matt getting all jealous. He's like, no, you have I honestly, that, like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, really appreciate your friendship. I feel like you're a like, really cool person to be friends with. That's right. Well, on that note, let's talk about ministry. Back off. He's my friend now, too. Drew, I reciprocate those feelings. <laughs> For the record. That's good. For the record. Oh, that makes me feel really good about myself now. <laughs> um, Bob, uh, it was us being his friend since seven years <laughs> Just one thing to see in you over the years, really just growing your ministry and but really growing your leadership. I mean, just just everything from sharing some authentic, um, your story being authentic this morning, sharing about the highs and lows of ministry, the success, but emptiness, and then coming back from that. I'm just kind of curious. With your, you, you, you've had a role now where you work with more staff. I'm just kind of curious, as you are navigating ministry and now navigating, um, leading other people in ministry, 
What are some of those like foundational things that you are looking for in staff or at least trying to to find out in your interview process? Like what are those what are those foundational things that you're looking for when bringing people onto your team? Well, thanks man. I you know, it's interesting being thrusted into from student ministry where I was not leading any staff and just leading volunteers. You lead staff and volunteers so differently. And, mm -hmm. and yeah. when I first landed at Salem, I began to um, just tell everyone my leadership style and say, hey, this is how I lead. And, um, and so that's how, that's how I lead. And people would just have to like conform to my leadership style. You find out quick that that's a poor way to lead. <laughs> and and I I read some terrific books, um, one called Multipliers, that really challenged me to learn um, people's individual leadership style, the way they like and prefer and are best led. And so taking time to learn from each person on the team how they like to be led and then adapting my leadership style so that they can be led in ways that are healthy for them, that are inspiring. Uh, people are motivated by, the diff by so many different things. And so figuring out what motivates them, how they like to receive praise, feedback, all of those things are incredibly important. So when we're looking to hire a, a new person on our team, like we just hired a student ministry pastor yesterday. Yeah. And yeah. so excited. Shout out to Rondell Brown. Oh, Rondell is awesome. He is a rock star. I have like, I didn't talk to him as much last year, but every time I'm around him, I'm just like, freaking Bob got Rondell. Like, I'm gonna hang out with him. I have to say, I don't know him. And I specifically know several churches here who, uh, uh, we're gonna get him if we didn't. <laughs> so sorry uh, to that church in Michigan that we won't make. <laughs> Adam Rentos. All right. <laughs> I was gonna so, say you had it broad when you said that church in Michigan because there's like 500 churches. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. So we, um, you know, the things we look for are how do they fit our staff culture? We protect our staff culture so, so much. And, and we've had people come in with great competencies who really um, could probably perform in the role well, but they just wouldn't be a great culture fit for our staff and or our church, our community. And so making sure they're a great culture fit has been really, really important to us. We have some staff values like experiment often, love the bride more, um, laugh often, not alone, um, and, and those type of things. And we want to make sure that people embody all of those values as much as possible. And then we love to run assessments on people. We use Healthy Growing Leaders, a great organization that helps um, run assessments on people. It gives you some, um, pretty much some, some tests, questions you ask about yourself and that reveal your uh, leadership style, your DISC profile, and uh, then there's a few other tests that are specific to their organization that really help to see if they're a good fit. So with Rondell, the question was specifically, um, could I lead him? Would he, um, would he be able to be led by me? Would he require a ton of time or not? So we look for those things. 
The other thing we look for, and this is pivotal, we are not a church who are focused on church people. We are a church's church who are, who's focused on the one. So when we think about um, the, the parable of the shepherd who has a hundred sheep, one go away, he leaves the 99 to reach the one, we do not want to be a church about the 99. We want to go after the lost people. We want to be after the one. And, um, and so because of that, we want to make sure that people are not prone to, okay, churchy term here, holy huddles. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to make sure that that person has a high value on lost people who doesn't just go out and do all the finding, but who can mobilize and equip the 99 to reach their one. So we ask all of our church to identify their one, who is your one, and then our job as pastors is to train and equip the saints to do the work of the church. And so we wanna equip the 99 to go reach the one. And if you work at Salem Church, you have to be willing to do that. And that's really easy to say, but it's really hard to do because it also means those of us who grew up in church and have our own church preferences, if those preferences aren't shared by the lost, the one, then we need to sacrifice those in order to reach the one as well. So those are just some key things we look for and uh, we don't always get it right, um, but we try really hard to uh, eliminate that. The other great thing about assessments are, they don't, the, the things that show up that are yellow flags don't necessarily deter you from hiring them, those people, but it shouldn't surprise you when it comes up later. So everyone has something in their profile that is an area of caution. For me, it's believing like I am what I do. So I'll work for my value and and not um, remembering that my value doesn't come from what I do, but from who I am, Mm -hmm. right? So that's an area of caution for me. So when that comes up, it shouldn't surprise me, but it should just inform me and help me make better decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I think, I think what you're talking about already, like those assessments and trying to make those decisions on the front end is a really good um, starter for this question. But um, but I also, just from knowing you and from talking about all this stuff, like really appreciate Not as long as we have yeah. been. <laughs> yeah, okay, shut up. But uh, I honestly really love hearing about your staff culture because I feel like it's honestly one of the most healthy that I've heard, um, especially because like, and, and I think like now that uh, we have an Instagram and I share things about this, I want to make sure that my church people know that I do like our church. <laughs> Just not as much as Bob's. No, no, no. I'm saying like, and, and I love that like our staff, my staff culture is actually getting a lot better um, because of, because of like being able to speak into that and stuff like that, which is great. You know, I love that. I'm very excited about that. But I love hearing about yours because it's honestly one of the best that I've heard of existing. Um, but what does that actually look like? How do you guys go about that? And, and maybe not necessarily how can someone replicate that because that's dumb. You know, just like, oh, let's just do it. I mean, I mean, I guess that's an option, but, uh, but you know, you probably want to find out what works for your team, but like, what is, um, what does that look like for you guys? Well, a few years ago, our pastor experienced what he, well, he experienced burnout. Um, and it came in form of like anxiety attacks for him. 
And so he took a medical leave of absence for I think a period of four weeks. And during those four weeks, he sought deep discipleship, counseling, and really tried to redeem rest in his life. <clears throat> and I'm excited to speak about rest tomorrow at um, the retreat here because figuring out what rest looks like is just so dramatically different for, e for each of us. But it has to be a priority. Now, sometimes we can swing too far on one end and say like, well, if rest is a priority, well, come in at noon and leave at three because rest is a priority. Um, but like, or sleep in past the session because rest is a priority. That, that sounds like, like a great idea. I was already listening to what Bob's going to share about rest before he even said it. So the crazy thing, though, I mean, think about this. Like, Jesus was the most productive person on earth. Wow. Like, has ever been the most productive person. And at the same time, he was the most well-rested, at-peace individual to ever exist. And so how in the world do those two truths coexist simultaneously? Um, and, and I don't know um, for certain. What I do know is that God created patterns for work and rest in our lives, and Jesus modeled these for us often. And so at Salem, we really try to pattern our lives after Jesus and figure out what, uh oh, <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> that was it. You got a pattern right after Jesus. Problem solved. I'm texting my lead pastor right now. Pattern our lives, our church, our ministry, all after Jesus. And, and. I, mean, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, you kind of terrified me with that. Right? I was really scared. I thought it was going to come next. It's going to be so good. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going to come next. <laughs> I know, but remember. Well, it's going to be something that Jesus so, did. So, um, yeah, so we, we, that's what we look to do. We also work really, really hard to be a collaborative, but not to a fault. So you can't always have consensus. That's not what collaboration means. That's why we have the value, love the bride more. Another way to say that is like, may the best idea win. Um, and so collaboration means that all of our ideas or get put on the table and then whichever one is the best wins wow. and then we all go with that and so we're a collaborative team um, and we try not to be you know siloed and be out on alone that's another staff value not alone um, and so we've worked really really hard on the staff culture it hasn't always been that healthy at Salem uh, a lot of pastors have come before us who have set the foundation and we've done a lot of really hard work um, to to get it to a place of health and we're really excited for what we've built so super pointed question here to help me out <laughs> um, but like being a smaller church limited resources blah 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 like I'm in a position now looking for a part-time position of some to hire and so like if what you're listening the, you can yes if you're listening uh, <laughs> it's a part-time position come on down um, but like so I, I took a note of healthy growing leaders you said that's like a resource you use to kind of do that but what would be your top three tips for like hey man when you look to hire staff so number one make sure they fit the culture what else would you add to that as far as when you're looking? I would say make sure they fit the culture. Ma said. Make sure. Okay. <laughs> one. That's one, two, and three. <laughs> and do what Jesus and did. Do what okay. Jesus did. <laughs> yeah, do what Jesus did. Yeah. Um, 
you you have to you have to find people that you actually like want to be friends with. In a small in a church, you know, in a church of your size, Nate, like you guys are doing it all. You're doing it together all of the time. Yeah. You have to find someone you want to be friends with. Like, okay, even if you don't. So when we were when Rondell was candidating, I said, man, I don't know if this is going to work or not. But I know, like, I think we're going to be boys now. Wow. Yeah. And, and that was a big deal. So you have to want to be friends with them. And then they have to be, you know, Scripture calls them a person of peace. Mm. Someone who uh, likes you, who listens to you, and who will even serve you. So it can't be your kids. Can't be your kids. No, I said they like you, not you like them. Um, yeah. So someone who who likes you will listen to you and uh, will even serve you. Um, I mean that's so crazy because like even this week I was talking to um, a new a new coach for IA and she was just like she goes I just can't ask these people to be my interns because I I just don't enjoy being around them and um, well like I think in that level of like she had to be up north. I, I feel like I've already given away too much. <laughs> yeah, but, but I'm gonna go give her a high five after this because no, I know. Um, really, you know, at first, because I'm not gonna lie, like when I was kind of my reaction was a little bit like you said, because like I'm, I think I'm at an age when I see like young people that I don't necessarily always love being around. I still see this like potential, and we can coach this and we can do we can do that. But um, I'm definitely gonna go give her a high five. But, but I think that, that, that like, the, the potential and the stuff that you see and, like, and that we're talking about there is, like, that's more so because of our heart for, like, why IA matters, like, as a, as a whole. Like, because, like, I don't know that I want to see young people or, like, this next generation and not be able to think, like, well, look what God can do with that person's life. You know, it's like, but, like, the difference is, like, having somebody that you actually want to hang around and, and like, like could actually be friends with, with and then like actually like see you back. Well, <laughs> if she, if she doesn't have staff, she hasn't uh, have staff yet. So for her, but like, cause I do agree, staff is different from an intern. Like I think I can look at an intern and be like, I can like you for three months. Yeah, You know what I mean? But a staff person has such an impact. Yeah, when you hire staff, I would say you, you need to be cautious if you hire towards potential. Um, and the caution there is that that will require an exponential amount of your time that you have to be willing yeah. to give. And if you're willing to give that time, that's awesome. Hire towards potential. Someone who might not help you win games right now, but down the road will be a stud. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you're not, if you don't have the time to give, then hiring towards potential can be really dangerous. Yeah. And it can lead to... Lots of fallout. Hmm. We, we only have one more minute, but why is ministry hard? Wow. <laughs> yeah, right. I was about to say. Yeah, we just right. <laughs> this just turned into a three-part episode. But that was the thought. I was just like, because like you know, the hiring is so difficult because ministry is so difficult. It is, especially when you're uh, small and part-time. Like you have to. Hire more towards potential than you do having a crap party. Well, Nate, what about like like the term? I haven't read the book, but you know, the, it's one of those leadership books where they talk about if you get the right people on the bus. It's a famous book. If you get the right people on the bus, then you know all those kind of things. Yeah. It, 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 like that has to be so difficult. Yeah. In that, 
money does help get the right people on the bus. For sure. Like, going out and being able to hire high-quality people does help. It does, but also encouragement to small churches. Like, it also is incredible to see how, like, man, this means we have to find someone that is super passionate. Like, and super, like, ready. So you'll get way more than what you can pay them. Because you're not, like... If someone were to even come down, and legit to brag on our church a little bit, we've had people from across the country this close to making a move to work for 10 grand a year in a healthy church. So it's like they, but and you know you get more than that out of them because you got to be passionate to do a yeah. role. You know, staff staff can definitely play a part in why ministry is hard. A lack of staff, bad staff can be a reason why ministry yeah. is hard. I, lo- I love this verse. Um, this is in Matthew 11. This is the message version, 28:30, and just lit like this is Jesus' words. Um, and I I, li- I love to close my eyes and think about this because um, I think it says so much about church. It says Jesus says, "Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion?" And then He says, "Come to Me." Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Does that sound like any of our jobs? <laughs> it doesn't. And and why is that? I think I think we've done it I think sometimes we just do it wrong. Yeah. I think we force rhythms of grace, and we force um, we force events, we force trips, we force things instead of asking, "Where's the Holy Spirit at work, and how can I join Him in that work?" Imagine if every single thing you and I did was preceded by the Holy Spirit working. It's just like walking through an open door and not kicking down a locked one. And so sometimes I think the reason why church is hard is because we're not we're not looking for where the Holy Spirit is working and joining God on the in the unforced rhythms of grace but instead we're saying this is our plan God bless it. Yeah. And sometimes that makes ministry really really hard. I haven't quite figured out um what Jesus means when he says uh, uh, he'll show us how to take a real rest, like get away with me, you'll recover your life. I just look at my job sometimes in my week and I go, I don't feel rested. I don't feel like I've recovered anything. Um, But I know that the invitation is always there. If you search me, you will find me when you search me with all your heart. A thought that I had is what if what if it's a sin to do ministry not resting? And I started thinking about that discontentment in my life of just like, why am I doing this? And what I find, to wrap up that thought though, is where I've landed is, what if God is more disappointed not being rested? And what matters more, that I didn't get everything done for those people who needed it, or am I more concerned about the people being frustrated because I didn't get my laptop back out at night or I didn't get all those emails done or I didn't get whatever? Or would, it's probably, this is, I'm processing this a little bit even right now, so I don't think this is the correct term, but would God be frustrated with me to not be rested? 
And, and once, once I started wrestling with that, that I just decided when I go home, I am home. I'm home. And if, 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 if Litecoin gets rid of me because I have turned off my computer and put my phone to a place where I don't check it all the time, there's a bajillion churches in America. <laughs> like, there is, you know, and, I, and I, one thing I love about, our, I don't think I'm going to get fired for saying that because they do value family and going home and things like that. It's been life-changing. And if you do get fired, I'll hire you for 10 grand a year. <laughs> well, think about the way God created. God created Adam and Eve, right? And not Adam and right, Steve. Right, not Adam and Steve. I did not make that statement. That was, that was Nathan Didway. Nathan uh, and but he created Adam and Eve, and then he gave Adam the job to to you know name all the animals. But then he said, "But before you do any work, take a rest." And he took the Sabbath. But Adam and Eve were just made; they hadn't done anything yet. Why would they need to rest? What was they hadn't done anything? But I think that's because God is telling us, "Don't just come home and rest from work." But learn how to take a real rest so that you can work from a place where you're rested. So resting from work is one thing, but working from a place of rest is another. And by the way, rest doesn't mean you work until you're exhausted and then you crash. That's not rest. That's, that's recovery. That's like, that's like CPR for your body, right? It's crashing. Rest are the things that give you life, that recreate you. That's where recreation comes from, right? Those are the things that actually create good rest in us. That's how we were made to live. And I, I hate to do this because I feel like we could... I think we could do this lunch table like, until 3.30 a.m. Until 3.30 a.m. We might be doing it. I hope so. Like, it was so funny because um, I thought about going to bed last night. And I just, I was like, oh, I got to go be around. Boost. <laughs> no, let me, let me just for fun of you to come out the next morning and say, Nate. How was last night? How long did y'all stay? Up? <laughs> <laughs> it was 3.30 a.m. No! I was Go play basketball today in the middle of the day. Like, what? It was worth this red face Instagram. It was worth it. I don't know if it was worth looking at Nate's red face, but it was so, so good. So, with saying that, um, maybe him just give his one minute takeaway. Or, we're over good. Okay, I think we should. I like retreat, Matt. I like retreat, Matt. Usually he's like, time! Shut the beep up! We're like, whoa! Because if I went over, the lead pass would call me in the next day. <laughs> um, but Nate, what's your one minute walk away um, from this conversation? Golly, it's a lot. Um, that was some deep stuff, which is so cool. Again, that's what this week's about. It's what friendship connections are about. So um, love to laugh together. Love to. Bob got a little emotional. I felt it, and I got me too there. Um, it's just incredible to have this realness this rawness and then we mentioned that too before but um so my takeaway man is you know take these things serious and at, at you know questions about staffing hiring all that like and i know this is said all the time but if you're going to develop leaders poor and others you got to lead yourself well and so rest soul care self-care um it's huge and so let's all be really good about that so we can help lead others as well yeah honestly i think uh, like that verse and i love the mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> which i feel like 
uh, I don't usually say that very often, but I like that. That's cool. But the... Um, that's, that's not, not whatever. I'm not trying to hate you. It's fine. It's good. No offense, um, Eugene. <laughs> You're my boy, are you? If you want to, um, you know, like, give somebody the podcast, you totally can. Hey, we, we will invite you on to defend your side. Please do. But, um, but honestly, that, that model of, like, um, leading from a place of rest, I think that's something, like, honestly, that's, and we talked about it a couple episodes ago about, like, this is, that's why being here at IA Retreat is so important for me right now, um, because it's, I, I suck when I'm not rested, you know, it's like, and, like, not in this place of, like, having things that are life-giving and, and, and yeah, we just we all need that, and and to and to understand that model, and like I, we talked a little bit about that stuff last night. Um, but man, just like having that realization and and being able to like think about okay, well, what does that actually look like in my life? Like that's my, like I I was literally up I was up a little bit later last night trying to think about like well, what. How, how do I do that? <laughs> that sounds awesome, but man, I gotta figure that out for like my actual life, and um, and oh, you know, yeah. I, I, that's just gonna be great. Parenting, like those parent bombs dropped oh, last night, like that had man. me thinking too. Like, oh, it's good. Um, I think what I love about this is that Bob has been inspiring me for a long time to be. I try to be a great youth pastor, to try to be a great staff member, to, you know, take those nuggets of wisdom. Um, since he was seven years old. Since we were seven years old. Uh, I feel like we did have a bit of a role reversal. I feel like we were huge mentors in your life as a child, and now you're more of that to us as adults. <laughs> like, 100%. It's because I would get in fights every day. <laughs> he was the public school kid, right? The pastor's family hung out uh, Nate, you've inspired me. We talked about like empathy and relational ministry and not being as harsh with people and things like that and stuff like that. And then like Drew, like seeing you work this weekend, like seeing what you've done with social media and posting and being intentional. What I'm trying to say is I love working with people that inspire me to want to to fulfill my passion. To I feel like I mean, we all think all what we do is important. Right, like, and so it deserves passion. It deserves excellence, a healthy standard of excellence, and it deserves a drive, right, to want to reach more people. But what I love about this is knowing I'm around quality, good people that bring rest into my life, right? Like, you know, and so that's my takeaway is it's okay to be driven and passionate and you know strive for excellence and figure out because like. I was saying this, like, you know, Bob talking about step culture, that stuff takes a long time to figure out. And it, and it, and it, it's hard because you're like, okay, guys, we're going to spend a half day retreat talking about culture when you're like, and I have me in that room going, oh my gosh, I got to get this, 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 and this done. But knowing what that does, though, is it creates, it creates a place where I can work on a staff with friends. I can work on a staff that, that has my back and I have theirs. And, um, and so, so I just, just that's my takeaway, and it was a little over one minute, so. I, this is, this, I love this version of Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly my work here is What's your, what's your takeaway? Yeah, How are you feeling about the lunch table? Yeah. Well, I was misled. There's no food here. Yeah, I, say, I say that all the time. Yes. This is incredibly misleading. It took a year for me to get on, but I'm here. 
Um, we need to have Bob on like a lot. I would say, um, similar to what Matt did, first of all, IA retreat saved my ministry. I'm still in ministry because of people who are here. And um, it is imperative that you find friends who you can um, um, have life, get receive life and give life to. And so um, it's so important that we do that and that we're able to establish solid finish lines in our life, in our day, our week, our month, and our year, so we can take good rests. And that's the only way any of us could be good friends to begin with. Like, we want to talk about being good pastors taking rests, but we're not good to each other, to our families, if we're not doing the same thing as well. So, so I love all three of you, and I'm really grateful to um, know you and to be here. But who do you love more? I'm just glad I love you the most. <laughs> hey, with saying that, I don't feel like I've said kind of our mission of just, we're real friends who are really in ministry, right? Like we are all in the thick of it. You should hear what we say when we're not recording. <laughs> you know, it's just the truth, you know? Or whatnot, the kind of just, recording. Just, I was about to say, you just bombed our go-to. Like, we're going to talk about it for real on the podcast. Oh, yeah. No. We do. We do. That. We do. We're, we're just allowed to say a little more yeah, details yeah, yeah. Um, because we do yeah, care about those people. people. And <laughs> okay. I hope we can edit this out. <laughs> what I just wanted to say was, is we are real friends who are in real ministry, have trying to have real conversations. And I just hope that you go find your lunch table. And if you are finding, if you are having a hard time finding your lunch table, come to IA Retreat. I, I, the DNA of this thing is this right here. And, and we're bringing in the most high quality people that I've ever been around to, yes, provide resources and training and things to walk away with. But at the end of the day, I, I know when I hear someone like Bob say, I'm still in ministry because of IA, it wasn't because of a strategy. It wasn't because of the next best thing that we stole from the next best thing, right? You know, it was because people really cared about each other. I mean, it was because of Nate, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll never, one of my all-time favorite memories is I was doing the um, interns connection. And um, Chip tells us, like, it needs to, you know, you need to train them. You need to tell them what you expect. So I come in, I'm already whatever. Chip is in there freaking winging it, just crying about his tough situation. And I'm like, whoa, he's like sharing his heart. I just open the door, I walk in, and all the coaches are crying and hugging. Everyone is just hugging and crying. And I'm just like, and I'll never forget seeing Nate and Bob just hugging it out. Okay, okay. <laughs> That was that was a hard year. Yeah. Oh, for that was Chip and you both. Yes, that was a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that on that note, peace out. Go find your lunch table, and if you're struggling with the lunch table, contact us about Intern Academy, or just if we're near you, or whatever that means. So peace out. This is Matt. Bye. 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 Bye.